Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We are here again virtually at Slam Dance 2021 with the director of the documentary A Tiny Ripple of Hope, Jason Polavoy. Jason, thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we want to give our viewers who haven't seen the film yet a little introduction. So can you introduce the film for us? Yeah, the film uh, is about a uh, charismatic activist in Chicago named Jamal Cole. And the organization he runs is called My Block, My Hood, My City. The idea is to build a more interconnected community um, around the teenagers in the most divested, segregated communities in our city. A lot of these kids have never left their neighborhoods or sometimes even their block. Um, They could see the Sears Tower from their backyard, but they've definitely never been there. They don't know there's a lake or beaches. And when Jamal takes them there, they ask what ocean that is. (laughs) So... um, What he what he does is takes them on educational field trips all over the city, um, so not too far from their own from their own blocks, um, but shows them the possibility of what's out there uh, uh, from a short train ride away. And uh, at the same time, he builds community around these kids um, by uh, hosting volunteer projects um, and making speeches. Um, primarily about building interconnectivity. And so the film traces about a year in his life. And um, it's a particularly tumultuous year. Uh, We see kind of the uh, results of how he's been running the organization for the first three or four years of its existence. And, uh, and, and everything that he's had to sacrifice in order to get it to that point. Yeah. Well, we, I have to start by saying we loved it. I, I love the story. Thank you Thank for you. putting Jamal's work out there on a more elevated platform. Um, and, and I saw that you initially got connected with my block, my hood, my city as a fan. You know, you just knew of the organization. You had a hoodie or, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and initially, this documentary was supposed to follow some kids from the organization. So what, what was the point when you were like, oh, maybe Jamal is the story? Yeah, it was a couple things that kind of like came together at the same time. Um, Initially, I thought like, let's do a film about some of the kids going through their senior year of high school that are in Jamal's program. And Jamal will be in the film, but he'll be, you know, kind of just a supporting character in their lives. And the teenagers that we do feature in the film, um, Deontay and the Chambers twins, are they're great. They're smart. They're funny. They're kind. Um, but they are teenagers, man. So <laughs> um, they would they would say, "Oh, what we does got that in mean?" The, yeah, <laughs> we all kind of know what that means. Um, they they would say, "We got into five colleges," and I would say, "We're making a documentary. Why didn't you call me to tell me that so that we could film you opening your letters?" And it's like, because they don't care like they don't care about me so um so we knew that they couldn't be the sole focus of the film and sort of around that time um is when i became aware of the situation with jamal and his home going into foreclosure um 
I think, you know, as we were making this film to begin with, Jamal was not necessarily interested in telling his uh, the story of his personal life. Um, but as it sort as it started to kind of uh, crumble around him while we were filming, um, it became pretty clear to me that that was the story. I mean, he's an incredibly charismatic speaker. He'll make you want to run through a brick wall for him. Um, so there's that aspect, which is great for for his character. But what really um, makes the story interesting and what makes him um, so great is, you know, really rounding that out and finding out everything that he did in order to become the man that he is. And that, you know, it starts in his childhood and being homeless. And, um, and then it goes to prioritizing, you know, his nonprofit over um, having a roof over his family's head and, and the fallout from that decision. Yeah. And, um, you know, throughout the the doc, you see that there's a real trust that Jamal has built with his community. And I want to understand, um, how did you earn Jamal's trust? <laughs> um, well, it took a, it took a little bit. I mean, I think it, it, it helps that, um, I came from a place of, um, appreciation. Uh, I wasn't someone who was coming into the community looking to make money. Um, I said to him pretty early on that like, independent documentary filmmaking is not about getting rich. Um, and, and so I think it helps that he trusted that I, he trusted my intentions. Um, but at the same time, it still took a long time. And that's why when we started, the idea was just shoot until the story develops. Like, I know this guy is great. I know the program is great. I want to signal boost the mission. Um, so just shoot until you have a story. And, um, and over that time, you know, Jamal and I grew closer and we would have conversations at two o'clock in the morning about things that were entirely unrelated to, to the film. Um, you know, we would talk about things that were happening in the world outside of Chicago and, and we became friends in that way. With that said, and he will tell you this as well, um, he would still come to every shoot um, with like prepared lines. You know, he has a... Mm. He has a persona um, and I would have to break that down. And so it was like, okay, let Jamal say what he wants to say that he's practiced that I can clearly tell he's practiced. <laughs> and then we'll get into the meat of what's actually going on. And, and he said things like, I, I can't believe you got me to tell you or say the things that I, I did. Mm. So it just, it just takes time. And that's, you know, you, you have to have good intentions. You have to be genuine and, and then you got to put in the work. Yeah. Um, and is it cool if I ask another question? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I really appreciated your holistic approach about uh, telling the story of what it takes to be an activist. Can you talk more about that? That it's not really a subplot. It, it's part of the entire plot, but can you talk about kind of examining that life yeah, that's, I actually didn't expect that. Um, that was really surprising to me. And, and, you know, a little bit of context is, you know, when Jamal started, he didn't have a board um, and he wasn't necessarily a registered 501c3. And so a lot of what he did and a lot of the ways that he built that trust in the community was by buying kids winter jackets, which we see early in the film, or um, paying for their cell phones, which we see in the film. And, you know, he would tell me that, like, if a kid calls you at 3 a.m. and they need the they need the heat turned back on in their house, 
house, if you don't take that call and you don't pay that bill, they're never going to come to you again. And um, he, what, that's the way he operated. He was a constant presence in their lives, um, but that kind of butts up against what's legal, I guess, in the, in the nonprofit world. Um, you can't pay out of the general funds to you know, turn someone's cell phone back on. And he really struggled with that. Um, and he talks a little bit about that in the film. Um, and I wanted to bring in some voices from other um, community leaders to kind of back up what he was saying, because I think it would be really easy to look at his situation and say, eh, you know, he's just he's just being careless with his money. Um, but, you know, we brought in Asia Butler, who's this incredible nonprofit leader here in Chicago. And we brought in Rhymefest, who um, who runs a nonprofit that him and Kanye started. And and um, we brought in Michelle from Imagining What If. And they all kind of echoed his sentiments that, you know, especially in the African-American community, um, we're uh, we're led. We're not allowed to lead our own communities. And that comes from the inability to get funding and um, the inability to kind of like, as Asia Butler says, like pay for a meal for a kid. Like if a kid's hungry, I gotta, I have to feed them. I'm not looking for funding for that, but that money has to come from somewhere. So I wanted to paint a more complete picture of the struggles he was having and show that they aren't necessarily all his fault. There is, uh, you know, some structural issues there. Uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I'm glad you did bring that up, especially for us as viewers that, you know, we want to do as much as we can to help different organizations. And when you see that in order to get these grants, you have to prove mm -hmm. data of effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And uh, for, for an organization like My Block, My Hood, My City, you said that's just like so... It's just like putting out fires. You can't wait six months to get a grant if they yeah. even get it in the first place. So the effectiveness that this organization has, it isn't even measurable. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think that that was an important thing for us to see as viewers and, and realize about these nonprofits. Um, but, but in terms of Jamal and his life, he's so busy. I just imagine your crew filming him <laughs> for a year. Were you just running, just trying to keep up with him? And, and a lot of times you're in dangerous, you know, potentially mm -hmm. dangerous situations. Like what was it like for you guys? And, and also trying to keep everyone just safe. Yeah. I mean, the fact is that this is not a low budget film. It's a no budget film. So we were all working full-time jobs on top of, um, on top of making this film. And, uh, and so, you know, there were a lot of things that we weren't able to capture because we weren't there with him 24 seven. Um, but this is really like, a, you know, you get a call and you show up somewhere because um, it's it's happening whether you're there to record it or not. And and so, you know, we made do as best we could. <laughs> um, and, you know, I never necessarily felt in danger except um, when Jamal took us back to the place where he was shot at. And, and it wasn't because I'm afraid to be in that neighborhood. I've been in that neighborhood plenty of times. That's in that's in Inglewood and Inglewood does have a bad reputation. Um, but the reality is, is that I felt uncomfortable because Jamal was so, was so uncomfortable. Like he was, he was really shook going back there. And it, it was like, leave the car running, leave the doors open in case we need to run back to the car. And I was like, Oh, wait a second, hold on. Something else is going on here. Um, and I think the, the problem with the problem with that sentiment is 
um, what Jamal is fighting against. Like there are good people in every community in Chicago, even the most dangerous ones. I mean, there are 77 community areas in Chicago and the majority of the, the violence comes from like 10 or 12 of them. Um, and in those places, there are good people. And we see that um, during the film. And those are the places that need our help. And Jamal, his mission is to make people in those other 60 plus neighborhoods care about what's happening mm -hmm. in those places. So it felt really important to try and keep up and tell a complete story and um, be in those places that have a bad reputation and can be dangerous. Um, I wish we could have been with him 24 seven, uh, <laughs> but you know, we, we captured 150 hours of footage. So yeah. Um, what are your top three takeaways from, from working on this film and working with Jamal and his nonprofit? Yeah. I, th the initial feeling for making this film, um, I think is what I want like the audience to take away. And that's that, um, change starts on the block level, um, making change in your neighborhood, in your community, in your street, and then watching that ripple out over the, the state and the country and the world um, is how we're going to make change, real tangible change. Um, you know, donating to a giant corporation, essentially, these nonprofits are like huge corporations is fine. Um, but most of that money is going to go to, you know, is going to be end up in some bureaucratic nightmare. Um, if you can help your elderly neighbor, if you can shovel snow, if you can, um, you know, weed a community garden where the food gets donated to local food pantries, like that's real change. Um, and that's the biggest takeaway. That's what I want people to see. Another thing is that we have to do it. It's not, a, it's not an option because there are Jamals in every city in every community um, and they're struggling. I mean, like you watch this film and you're shocked at everything that Jamal has had to sacrifice in order to do the little that he does. We have to take some of that burden off of the Jamals everywhere. Um, he shouldn't have to, he shouldn't have to go into foreclosure on his home um, right. in order to make a difference. He shouldn't have to. Um, and so those two things, and then, you know, from a filmmaking perspective, um, I think the biggest thing is to find um, you know, some mentors that can, that understand the landscape, because I was very confident that I could go out and get an interesting story and tell a compelling, interesting story. Um, I've done that my whole career. It's everything after the fact that's like scary and awful. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, sales agents and mm. PR and marketing and film <laughs> festivals. And yeah. it's a nightmare for yes. like a, just a, for, for a creative director. I, it's just, so I think finding people to help you navigate that landscape is essential because you'll lose your mind if you don't have it. So, mm -hmm. so th this is your directorial debut, correct? Feature debut. Feature debut. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any plans for future? I mean, I'm hoping that you do because I mean, you just, it was, it's such an incredible documentary. Are you going to be doing uh, Jamal's, uh, video when he runs for office right <laughs> is that right. your next your next 
project? Um, you know, if, if, so I think the thing with this is, that's a common question is like, is Jamal going to run for, for public office? And I think the answer is Jamal will find the place, um, where he can make the most difference. And if he thinks he can do that in public office, um, he'll, he'll do it. You know, he's flirted with the idea of running for alderman um, here in mm -hmm. Chicago. And I just think like he would be handcuffed by city hall. Um, I, yeah. Um, but if he sees value in that and like makes a run for, for something, um, you know, I'll be there. I'll be with him. Um, you know, we have a pretty good track record here in Chicago of uh, community organizers running for office. So there's a, there's another guy who did it pretty successfully recently. So. I, I have uh, one kind of uh, not film question, mm -hmm. but a uh, soundtrack question. Can you talk about the end credit song, the Macy Gray and Gary Clark Jr. Uh, song? You're the first person to ask me about that. And I'm so happy because I fought so <laughs> hard for that I, song. Well, I love Gary Clark Jr. Of course, I love Macy Gray. She's uh -huh. like in our, you know, she's in our bubble of our, our lives, but love me some Gary Clark Jr. too. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, I, so we went to, um, we had our rough cut done by our editor and we went out to LA. Um, and I had that song. It was the only, it was the only, you know, like song that we'd have to license popular music that we would have to license in my, in my head. And I was like, guys, I know what's going over the end credits. We have to do it. And everyone was kind of like, okay, yeah, it's cool. And and then we got to the point where we had to start licensing music, like having those conversations with the publishers and everything. And, um, you know, the other, we feature like three or four other songs that I had to get the rights to. And I got the rights to them really easily because, you know, people saw the film and they loved it and they loved Jamal's mission. And um, that and that song was the hardest one to license. And oh. I was so <laughs> upset. And I had this conversation with my friend Molly and I was like, I don't think we're going to be able to use it because I think it's going to cost us a lot of money. And I don't think my producing partners want to spend the money. And uh, and after no joke, probably like 250 emails back and forth between me and the, and the, the publishing company. We finally work something out so that we have it for festivals and we'll talk about distribution later. <laughs> but I was like, it's so important to me that this gets in there because, um, you know, I love Macy. I love Gary Clark Jr. And the song, yeah. if you listen to the lyrics, I mean, it just speaks to Jamal and, and, you know, everything we see in the film so perfectly. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. So thank you. Thank you for doing all that work. <laughs> thank you for recognizing it. Seriously, that, that made my day. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us, Jason. Thank you for this documentary. Again, we've been yeah. talking to Jason Polavoy from A Tiny Ripple of Hope. And we hope to see you and Jamal again uh, somewhere in the headlines in the near future. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. <laughs>